Hello and welcome to the Mojo Podcast, part of Mike's Open Journal. Here we're going to be talking about mental health and all things related. That includes illness, wellness, stigma and support, and importantly some of your very own personal stories. I want to thank you for being part of Mike's Open Journal as guests, as visitors, as speakers, as listeners. Welcome to the world of mental health. And remember, you're not alone out there. These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. She's not a great match for me, and that's okay. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. I feel like a lot of the friends that I did have have sort of stopped speaking to me because of it. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. Not only did this help me to write it, Mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. And she was like, can you tell me a bit about what's going on? So I told her everything and her face dropped. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to the Mojo Podcast and to episode 126, I think we're on now. Thank you so much for continuing to be part of the podcast, for downloading, hopefully subscribing as well, and for sharing any of the episodes that you do as well. It really means a lot um, to, it really means a lot to me. It does, it means a lot to me. Uh, But also for the guys that come on and share their stories as well, it means a huge amount I know to them as well that you're engaging listening and sharing their stories or helping to share their stories as well so thank you for that uh you may have noticed that we're also available not just on acast apple podcasts or itunes and soundcloud but we're also available on spotify now as well so um as we kind of increase the number of platforms that we're gradually available on um please do if you're able to take a minute or two leave a a rating leave a comment leave a review um, it really helps to uh, get the podcast out to to more people and have the opportunity to obviously reach them so that they can listen uh, to the episodes. But also potentially they might be people that want to access some of the support or the tools that you guys mentioned, or they might want to come on and share their own story as well. So the more people that we are able to reach, the better, I think, I hope. Um, so yes, thank you for your continued and ongoing support. Speaking of guests, today I'm delighted to be joined by another new guest. Uh, Russ is on the podcast and we're going to be talking a little bit about men's health, conversations about mental health, um, speak a little bit about public speaking, um, cultural or societal norms, uh, whether they're good or not, I guess, is also kind of part of our conversation. Uh, And looking at the different types of support that people want and need. Uh, And it was really interesting to hear a little bit about uh, Ross's previous experience uh, 
talking to people, engaging in conversations about um, health and well-being and people's thoughts and experiences as well. We talk a little bit about uh, a new project, a new show, a new campaign. Uh, the men's radio station was launched on the 6th of January, so about a week or so ago, um, depending on when you're listening to this. And from the stuff that I have read and the things that Russ mentioned today, I'm really excited to help share uh, information about the men's radio station. And I think it really has an important place in terms of the conversations that we are advocating, that we are encouraging people to have. Um, importantly, uh, in terms of obviously the equality that we want to share and uh, recognising that it is important to have somewhere for maybe men to talk. It's also important for women to have a place for, to talk as well. And we do talk a little bit about the existing radio station, women's radio station, where Russ kind of started off, started off, started off, uh, talking to some really key inspirational women about their experiences and I think hearing that and how it's led to uh, Russ's decision to push through with men's radio station is really interesting and really kind of um, encourages that mindset that actually you know what mental health is something that we're all dealing with we are all essentially struggling with I think more and more so now um, that one in four stat that was banded around a lot the last year or so is very fastly becoming one in three. Um, I've seen that pop up in a few publications now, and I think more and more we're getting to the stage where it just does not matter. Mental health, mental health is something that we all have, but more than that, now mental health illness is something that is gradually affecting everybody. And that's why conversations are so important. It's not going to stop the illness happening, but it does make it a little bit easier to deal with. It does help support and encourage people to access tools, tips, guidance, and seek out that little bit of support that they might not have in another situation. So I want to say a huge thank you to Russ for coming on to the podcast for all of the work that he's continuing to do around having conversations with men. We know that uh, not all of us, but quite a lot of us <laughs> are a little bit backwards in coming forwards when it comes to talking about mental health. So it was really nice to sit down and hear a bit about Russ, uh, the men's radio station, all of the stuff that's going on at the moment, but also kind of looking at where we would like to go in the future as well. If you guys have any thoughts on today's episode, on the discussion points that we have throughout um, or on men's radio station as well please do feel free to get in contact all of my contact details are available at mikesopenjournal.com uh, so you can find me there um, there's also going to be in the like the description for this episode we're going to have a few links because we're talking about a couple of different places as well so you can check out those links if you are interested in coming onto the podcast in the future either to discuss some of the points we raised today or to share your own story please do feel free get in contact um, and we can have a chat and see about getting you on the podcast in the future. But for now, thank you so much for continuing to download, subscribe, 
sharing and supporting the podcast uh i'm gonna drop you guys straight in to i say straight in but then it's always after about five minutes of me waffling so i don't know why i say straight in but i'm gonna drop you straight in uh to the conversation i had just a couple of days ago with russ it's lovely to have you um on the podcast russ and to get a chance to hear a little bit more about you but kind of first off i guess just to find out how your how your day's gone or how the last week or so has been for you well- well, I can t- I can talk about today. Yeah. I, I, today, unbelievably, uh, I had a photo shoot for the Sunday Times. Oh, wow. uh, I can't believe it myself, quite frankly. I think I've wasted a lifetime to actually say that last <laughs> sentence. You know, I suppose too. I had dinner with Meryl Streep yesterday, but anyway, that's never going to happen. But yeah, so a photo shoot with the Sunday Times. So obviously, I wanted to look my best. So I set two alarm clocks mm-hmm. to give myself hours. I went straight back to sleep and woke up with half an hour to go. So I arrived basically as the love child of Wurzel Gummidge and Edward Scissorhands. And that was that's how, that was my that's how my day started. Me thinking, oh, my God. And of course, by pure chance, they said, don't wear black above the waist, which I would normally do. Mm-hmm. So. Thank heavens I actually wore for once, not my uniform of jeans and boots, but I actually wore some decent trousers because then we had to go in the street. And by the way, today's freezing in London. Oh, can you take your coat off? <laughs> so I'm standing in Covent Garden against various walls, feeling like an absolute turnip, freezing. And yet, can you smile? You're not smiling enough for us. Russ, smile a bit more. And going... <laughs> Two, two brass oh. monkeys just wandered by. So that was today. Oh. It was quite exciting, and uh, yeah, I mean it's all right. It's been a it's been a full on week. I have to say, it really, it, it, I, I find most weeks are pretty full on. This week's been like nuts. Mm. It really has really nuts. You I've know? heard a couple of people speaking this week about how um, it's just a weird mix into January as well, like the start of the year with um, a lot of people kind of gradually coming back to work, and now. Seemingly already feeling a little bit blue with the start of the year. So um, it's really interesting to have an opportunity to talk to someone like yourself with an exciting new project and campaign yeah. and try yeah. and uh, help lift people up and get excited about um, something new as well. You know what? I'm normally with you in the... I don't do all this, oh, new year, new me, and mm. all this garbage. It's rubbish. You know, it's the same day. It's just you just change the end digit of the year. But... Um, this was the first year for a long time. I thought this I am really psyched about. I'm so excited about it. And I haven't felt like that for a long time going into, you know, because you get out of Christmas and it's all fairly nice if you can stand the music apart from that. And uh, and then you think, oh, God, a whole year ahead of me. But this was the first time I was really, really looking forward to kicking off. And it's been great. So obviously, I we've started talking because you've got um, the new project with a, a radio station that we're going to come up to in a minute. But I guess yeah. just for guys that maybe don't know a huge amount about you, just to hear a little bit of your backstory and where your interest in, I guess, what we're going to come on to, sort of men's health and, and um, having the opportunity to talk publicly about yeah. that sort of thing comes from. Well... I think it was just sort of organic. I didn't really set out particularly to do this, but my background is as a writer. I'm ex-advertising. I was in an advertising copywriter and scriptwriter in the corporate world for many, many years. Then I went on to write a lot of comedy for sort of the uh, early, late 80s, early 90s. 
uh, finding that comedians were the most miserable people on the planet, I went straight back to the corporate world. It was much, <laughs> much more fun. And I didn't have those, oh, God, those angst-ridden egos to deal with all the time. It was just miserable. Um, and then I started a thing called the Espresso Bar. And it, it's so weird. I ran into an old friend of mine, the guy who created Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And he said, oh, I hear you're running a coffee bar now. I went, no, David, no, no. It's a Facebook group. It's called <laughs> the Espresso Bar. I'm not running a coffee bar. No, I wish I would. It's a cash business. Anyway, so I started this thing, the Espresso Bar, which is a closed Facebook group for men 40 plus where they can really exchange proper views. I don't mean about football and booze and all the rest of the, the sort of general chit chat that you get on Facebook, but the the real issues that were, that were making them concerned. Sure. And to my amazement, we've got just under 2000 members and I haven't really pushed it hard to be honest with you. And then the natural sort of evolution from that was to form a radio station, which we've called with stunning originality, Men's Radio Station, mm -hmm. which we launched on Sunday. Now, before people start jumping up and down and screaming, why just men? Why isn't there a women's radio station? Well, there is. That's been running for at least a year. Yeah. And that's our sister station called Women's Radio Station, which deals with um, women's issues. And, we, uh, and I just said to my co-founder one day over a coffee, um, Look, this is crazy. Why don't we do men's radio station as well? He went, done. We shook hands. That was it. And we're off and running. That sounds like a, a fairly positive negotiation period. <laughs> I mean, he's a lovely guy. It's my my co-founder is a guy called uh, Howard Jameson. He owns the German Street Theatre, which is oddly enough in German Street in London. Um, I've known him for years. And he's just just a great guy. You know, we, we compliment each other. I always go, well, nice hat, Howard. No, just kidding. Um, so it seems to work out okay. I think it's a really interesting thing. And like you say, when you, you mention it there, that um, that idea of, oh, it can't be for one particular gender. Um, mm. And I, I definitely, I have to admit, I am, I am in that kind of camp of, I, as a general rule, um, don't like stuff that is, specifically for one particular gender um yeah. but that's like a general thing um i think it's really important that we do acknowledge actually there are times when it's really important to do that and i've seen uh charities and projects work um particularly with men because there is a, a struggle to get them to open up and recognizing that actually in certain situations you do need to target males or females because that's the the group of people that you want to focus with or work with in the same way that if we suddenly decided we were going to run a youth project mm. we're going to target young people we're not going to be targeting people over 30 say um okay. and i think uh, it, it, it's in that area that it's got its role to play and where i've seen it work really nicely is where it's done um like with an inclusive tone and i think that comes across in even in the very small bits that I've read from the station, and I think probably you might get this because you've got experience with, with the women's radio station as well, that actually by talking or focusing in on men's health, you're not excluding women from that. It's just the focus is on men. You're, you're absolutely right. It will. I mean, somebody, <laughs> I've had some amazing things like, well, I'm a woman. What happens if I listen? And I said, well, there's very, very expensive equipment in the studio that bounces out through your laptop or PC. And if it detects you're a woman, it will automatically switch the signal off. 
really? I said, no, obviously not. They'd be daft. You know, it's just ridiculous. So it, it's completely inclusive. But you've hit the nail on the head in what you were just saying, that women in general, and I don't like generalizing, but bear with me if you would. Mm. In general, women are much better at talking to each other about serious stuff mm. than men are. Women will go out after the school run or over lunch, whatever it might be, over dinner, and they will get down to some real nitty-gritty proper conversations where guys, again, I'm generalizing, but are much more reticent. They see it as a sign of weakness. Yeah. They're embarrassed, and they see it as a sign of failure. It's none of those things, but you've got to break down these stereotypical kind of values to, to, to make some progress. And being a man in 2019 is a very confusing, you know, who are we? What's our role? And then putting that aside, they're the real issues that men are facing. And one of the main kickstarters for me, I was broadcasting on BBC Radio London, which I do every week. And it happened to be some suicide statistics had come out that particular day because I review the newspapers for an hour. And, uh, the morning's newspapers, I was going through at three o'clock in the morning at Broadcasting House, 80% of the suicides in the United Kingdom are male, 20% women. That is the most staggering and shocking disparity. And I'm thought, blimey, this is that there is a huge problem here. Mm. There's a huge problem, not just because the figures are so high and those figures are increasing, but that men are feeling there's no other recourse than to kill themselves. Mm. And one of the reasons that, that happens is that men can't talk about their problems, they can't talk about their issues, and they feel that they're alone and no one would understand. So if men's radio station does anything, anything at all to alleviate that, then we've, you know, ticked one of the boxes. I think you've touched on a really important topic there as well, especially with... Um the the I, idea i guess or the topic of self-harm and suicide in yeah. that um yeah when we we talk about it the fact that like you say if it's 80 and 20 it's not something that affects one gender it, it affects both but at the moment we are seeing that more men are affected by this and is there something that we can do to support those people um and it is it is one of those things that actually do you know what what the things that we put in place to help support men will help support women as well but Absolutely. the the focus the focus is on men and we know that probably the activities or the conversations we do might be a little bit more directed at those people for that reason and the, um i remember there was um there's been a few campaigns i think last year around um suicide and, and particularly male suicide uh, and that idea that actually, do you know what, by having a conversation, by talking to someone, um, we are, we're not going to cure uh, whatever they're struggling with, but we are just going to help kind of shed that load a little bit. Hopefully it means that they're more um, willing or more confident or comfortable to come forward and seek support and talk about that as well. And um, so often I think, that's that's just that little bit of support that somebody needs and um yes some people do need a professional but actually a lot of the time they just need a friend and someone to talk or to listen 
and I guess the role that you've got there with a, with a radio station, and like you said, with the Facebook group earlier, that opportunity just to engage in conversations yep. really does, it sounds corny, but it really does save lives. Well, it's interesting because I get private messages on, <clears throat> excuse me, on the espresso bar. To my utter amazement, I didn't expect to get something like, thank you so much. I thought I was on my own. You've really helped me. And I, I was stunned because, you know, you kind of go through life in your own little bubble and you think everyone's fine. Well, obviously, you know, they're not yeah. fine. And so one of the um, by the way, I never, ever give the advice. If it's something within my own experience, then I can talk about it. But I would never dream of giving medical advice or counseling advice, or psych psychotherapy advice. Yeah. We bring in experts as i do on the espresso bar we the certainly men's radio station we bring in the experts relevant to that particular subject so this sunday we covered when i say covered i mean just touched the sides of depression mm. now depression is a huge huge issue and getting worse and it was like a dirty little secret and people didn't want to talk about it they didn't understand it and they thought again they were being weak and Especially the British guy, you know, show the stiff upper lip, yeah. don't show your emotions, carry on, you know, you've got a broken leg, well, just walk around the room, you'll be fine, all that sort of attitude. Mm. And, and so bringing in specialists in this field, we had some really fascinating calls. And again, do you know what? I wasn't expecting any phone calls at mm. all. You know, we're a startup radio station online. We got flooded. And then we had very nice comments from Australia, from France, from California. I was really surprised and obviously delighted, just delighted. But it is that I think it's knowing you're not alone and knowing there are people out there who you can talk to because when you're in it, you think that's it, that you, no one else will understand your problems. Well, with very few exceptions, there is nothing new that hasn't been covered somewhere. Mm. No matter how much you think your particular situation is absolutely unique to you, it isn't really. You know, there's always someone who can hopefully start to make you feel a little bit better. I'm not saying fabulous, you're gonna be bounding around like Julie Andrews, you know, dancing, but you will feel a bit better, hopefully, with the right treatment. It's that side, isn't it, of... Um... I think we all, in our, uh, I don't know, in our common sense mind, know that there are other people out there that are struggling and we're not the only person. But to actually be able to have that interaction with people, if it's um, through a phone-in, if it's through chat groups, if it's in any way an opportunity to kind of network or communicate with other people, that really makes such a huge difference. Because it does. I just think it's that level of, um, oh, I don't know, you sort of just accept, yeah, there are other people out there, but they're, I don't know, not near me or they don't relate to me or mm. that doesn't mean that like I'm still not struggling or feel broken. As soon as you can see other people around you, and I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if this is a wholly British thing, but we are very, I think... Um, will be very dismissive and very negative towards ourselves in a way that we would never be towards somebody else. That's true. And it's, it really helps. So true. As soon as you can sort of go, actually, 
Now I see this other person and their situation is similar to mine or it's different, but I see that they have similar kind of struggles. Um, it, I think it helps to reevaluate again, like you said, it's, it's not stopping that thing happening, but our level of maybe understanding or acceptance with that and willingness to come forward and talk, I think has yeah. changed through those interactions. And also, you see, the very, very British attitude is, oh, I'm just going to be a damn nuisance if I talk about it. Nobody will want to know me. I'm just a pain in the ass and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, because you get into a loop. I'm talking about particularly with depression. Mm. You get into a loop and you can't, you can't break it. And once you realize that people do want to discuss it with you, are perfectly willing to listen, life becomes you know that burden starts to ease bit by bit ounce by ounce that pressure that you feel every day and then of course there's very practical things so we'll be looking at um dementia because i mean for example with that my mum got it she passed away last year i love the way we say passed away because we can't bring ourselves to say the word died again mm. very hard to say my mum died last year and then you think oh that hurts no i'll say passed away like she's gone somewhere great, you know, to Brent Cross or something. Anyway, um, you know, so I lived with that with my mother looking after for 16 years of that. It was a nightmare. So I'm very, very um, open to trying to alleviate, talk people through. So we've got people coming onto the show over the next few weeks who are whose wife, for example, has suddenly got dementia and they're a full-time carer. I mean, what has interested me a lot, and again, pleasantly surprised me, but astounded me, to be honest, was that people have said, do you know what? I mean, obviously you've got the experts and, and they're fantastic. They're absolutely brilliant. But then you've got people who said, Russ, I'd like to come on because I'm very willing to talk about my own experiences with prostate cancer, mm. with depression, dealing with alzheimer's all of the things you would not think that people would want to talk about and of course i think there's nothing more powerful than that because the very least is you say wow well they got through it yeah. that means maybe i can get through it and and again that feeling of it's not just me sitting in my lounge watching tv feeling it's the end of the world mm. I thought that was really brave of people, Mike. You know, I thought that was brave. And I, uh, it's a word you hardly ever hear, but noble. I think it's a really selfless thing to do, a selfless act. I think I've had um, similar experiences where you have someone come in and talk to you about their story and their journey. And um, some of them are similar and some of them are hugely different. Uh, and every time I'm always um, moved by the willingness of someone to be so boldly open yeah. with their experience in um, a very honest way and on a conversation and a topic that not only have they likely not had frequently um but it's one i think because we have it so infrequently no one's ever really educated or um experienced in those conversations we all gradually learn to work out what we're happy to say about work or relationships or mm. our family um but trying to gauge or oh, what am i happy to disclose or mention or 
um, as you've mentioned before, with, with when you have a, a loved one die, even like that conversation still so infrequently happens that our phrasing is very um, sensitive, and the, the discussions are often very short. I think when they do happen. Um, well, look, you know the typical thing. How are you, Mike? Oh, I'm fine. Yep. That's it. Yep. That that's that's the British way. That's the way of of, of most of it. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like uh, just uh, yeah. Oh, I'm fine. Yeah. Because I, I have a rule with my best pal, uh, who we've been pals for like forever. Right. Okay. I cannot begin to tell you the adventures we've had, but we have a rule. You got sixty seconds to get your medical nonsense out of the way. Then we don't touch it again. So how are you? And he'll go bang, 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 bang. How are you? And I'll go bang, bang, bang. That's it. We don't refer to it again. We get it out at the beginning of lunch, finished, or the beginning of dinner. Ooh. It's over. That's that's the, that's the way we do it. So I mean, that's the, that's how we handle. That's how we <laughs> that's how we handle it because you know he hasn't been in the best of health. The last year was really rough for him, and he's great now. He's fantastic. But you know, I was really really concerned. So. You, you, there's no point just saying if it's someone you don't know. Well, how are you? Well, actually, I'm suffering from depression, and I've got. Ooh, ooh. You're not going to go and get. You know, that's not going to be too good. But if it's someone who cares about you, what most people don't realise is they'd actually want to have that conversation with you, yeah. as opposed to he never told me, and now he's you know he's done himself in, he threw himself in front of a train or off a bridge or whatever. You get, and everyone's always shocked. Well, of course you're shocked because you had no idea. How would you? How would you have an idea? You wouldn't. I think it's that really made me smile when you said the 60-second thing. Oh, because yeah. I was thinking, oh, that's a really short period of time. They're not giving themselves very long to talk about anything serious. Then I thought about it again, and this is within a couple of seconds. And I was like, do you know what? Those 60 seconds, yep. it's probably 58 more than anyone else. <laughs> that's you, you sit down for lunch at the time you know go you okay yeah i'm good great yeah good how are you yeah i'm fine white what should we start with you know and it's gone you're never going to say what pills are you on now mike yeah, how's, how's yeah. it doing what's the side effects of that and all the all the stuff no, <laughs> I, mean, I mean do that with good power you can do that with very close friends. even um even looking back when i was a, a youngster when we were talking earlier about the the um Oh, I say that inability, but probably the inability of males to talk about actual conversations and the amount of times I would spend time with friends and we would know, play sport, play computer games, yeah. whatever, um, and do that for a couple of hours. And we'd get to like leaving and we would yeah. spend a lot of time, probably over an hour, stood at the doorstep having an actual conversation. Now, isn't that what? Why? Why haven't? At the time when we were sat in the very nice, um, I don't know about plush, but in the indoors where it was warm, um, we've sat there at times in silence um, or passing conversation. And yet, just as we're about to leave, there's a sudden um, rush of conversation. And yes, some of of it's some of it's It's a load of crap, but but it's the thing you want to get off your chest. Well, I can't do it when we're playing. I don't know, whatever you're playing yeah. or watching TV or Red Dead Redemption 2 or something, you know, you don't want to be in the middle of that and say, oh, by the way, yeah, <laughs> X, Y, Z. Mm. By the way, it's not just mental health and things like that. It's like, for example, on the espresso bar, I get, Russ, 
I'm 50 years old. I'm on the scrap heap. How the hell did that happen? I've got all this experience, all this expertise, but no, they've, they've dumped me and uh, somebody of like 24s come in and I'm useless. What, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? Which then leads on to, I mean, you've got the practical nature of that. Then it leads on to who are we? And I'm not being f desperately philosophical. It's like, are we just defined by, you know, Mike, the, the podcaster, what do you do? I'm a podcaster or Russ, the broadcaster or, or yeah. who, you know, who are we? How do we define ourselves? And that's an important feature because the world is so fluid now. Mm. It's 24 seven. The communication platforms are beyond belief. Um, so we have to say to ourselves, you know, how do we identify who we actually are? And that sounds horribly sort of California, but it's not meant to be. It's a real thing. No, but do you think that is something that's coming up more, say, in the last few years with that? I, I think of, um, like, talks that I've heard in the last five or ten years where they sort of mention the fact that actually, do you know what, in the past, people had a job. And they that's did right. that job for yes, the rest did. of their life. They might have changed employer, but they did the same job for 60 years or however long. Um, but now people will do projects. You'll do something for five years. You'll move on. You'll work somewhere else. Your job will be a different job. You'll do different things. Um, and the the yeah the the twenty four seven contact that people have got obviously influences that as well. But do you think that's something that's it's a huge people influence. are changing it's a huge with now? You know, you have my father's generation, a nine to five job. Uh, mum at home because it was not correct for mum to be out that was a sign of weakness that he'd failed as a father and a provider and all that sort of stuff mm. well that went out the window when you needed two incomes coming in to the home to stay afloat yeah and then it was even when i started work you know if you have a profession a doctor accountant lawyer you'll have a job for life well that's gone out the window that's not this, not a, well maybe a doctor but very very unlikely you're going to have that job for life the notion of a job for life, the notion that every year you'll have a three-week holiday, every 18 months a better car, every year a pay rise, it's history, mm. it's all history. And if you don't adapt, and if you don't evolve, you will be stuck in, in history. You know, I had a pivotal moment a few years back, I'm not gonna name names, so, so, so bear with me for a second. I was invited to a book launch mm -hmm. of uh, a reasonably well-known broadcaster not particularly a household name but within broadcasting pretty well known yeah. and it was very nice and it was held in in central london and it was full of people of a certain age it's very very well-known broadcasters there and i just you know you go around you have a little drink and a little peanut or something and I'm mm. chatting to people and everybody was downbeat oh we don't like the way things are today oh they've got to bring back personality radio oh they've got to do this and I, I, I made my excuses, as they used to say in the news of the world, and I left. <laughs> I stood on the street. It was a December night. It was absolutely bloody freezing. And I stood there and I thought, I never want to be those guys I, because it's never coming back. Mm. You know, what they're wanting is like, you know, I really love the fax machine. Let's get the fax. It's not coming back, matey. Yeah. You know, you're not going to get the telex machine back. It, you may have loved it. It's never returning. Um Things change. And so it doesn't matter whether you like it or you don't like it. Things change. And if you don't adapt, and that's why I looked at new projects 
um, and changing my work methods because I didn't want to be that guy looking backwards. I only like looking forwards. I look back with pleasure, mostly, not all the time, but <laughs> I want to look forwards with, you know, some excitement. Yeah. I think it's important for your own, it's, it's important for your own uh, well-being as well, you know. Do you think it puts more pressure on us in terms of our well-being because there isn't that security of knowing oh, I've made it essentially pressure I think the pressure is vast absolutely vast you know I got twin sons and I think wow I just hope to god you get jobs when you leave university um how they're ever going to get on the housing ladder having a clue having a clue mm. you know uh, it, it, it's a real worry. And besides, I don't want them living with us till they're 45. We like our privacy. Yeah. That's what we like. I don't want them everywhere because they're huge. I'm like six foot three and I, I you know, love them to bits, but enough already. Um, so, yeah, I think, the, I think the pressure is gigantic. And the other thing is, you know, it is. You've already said it, and you, again, you're spot on here. It's twenty four seven. It's not like nine to five. You leave at half past five. When I started working, you leave at half past five. You're home by half past six. That's it. No one's going to phone you. Yeah. No one's going to bother you. That's it. Now, well, it it you could work twenty four hours a day mm. if you so chose. Mm. If you so chose, it takes a will to switch everything off and say that is it. I am closing the shop for the night. And then people get annoyed. Oh, I tried to call you. What time did you try to call me? Was it only 11.30? I said, only 11.30? What do you mean only 11.30? What do you mean only 11.30? Oh, but I, I thought you'd be awake. I said, well, I may have been awake. It doesn't mean I want to talk to you at 11.30, for God's sake. You know, I mean, you know what it's like. Yeah, yeah. I think the pressures are... Uh, the pressures are, the pressures are very great. There is a, You've got an ageing population... And they always talk about, you know, the, 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 the silver market, the grey market, whatever it's called. And, and you've got the thing of like, my friend Larry came up with the best phrase. He said, you know what? You get to a stage, you're invisible. And that's a horrible feeling. You're invisible. You go into a shop, they ignore you. You know, you're walking down the street, you might as well not be there. That's a crap feeling mm. to have. That does nobody any good. You know, I mean, there was an old movie with Michael York. It was called Logan's Run. They they believed that you were reborn, that you age, reached the age of 30. In fact, you were killed, but they didn't realize it was a science, a sci-fi movie. And it's like, oh, I always think, what are, are we living in Logan's Run? What, you get to 30 and then you're finished. And that's the, so, and you haven't got a manufacturing base like the older, you haven't got apprenticeships. Mm. People don't do stuff with their hands. You're not going to make cars. You're going to, you know what I mean? Yep. So there's huge pressure, huge pressure, emotionally and uh, financially. Yeah. Such a shift to, like you said, uh, uh, the way that we live and the way that we work. And um, it's, there's no way that it can't have an impact on, on our health. And I guess it's that, um, that, older traditional view of oh, as the male you you should be working you should be bringing in um enough money to support yourself and your family mm. and when that shift happens that actually do you know what we need more than one person to be working or um 
maybe the 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 male isn't working or they're struggling to find work um and that can be so um so difficult in terms of yes like they're looking for work but also just the way that they see their character um and their role the their inability to um match their own kind of vision of themselves as well I it's think, just it's a feeling yeah. of self-worth which is what which goes back to who am i mm. you know this feeling of self-worth is if you only value yourself through your work it's it's a dangerous route do you value yourself because you've got lovely kids or you got a you know you've got nice mom and dad i mean there's a million different ways you shouldn't just value it by what's in in the bank account but it's very difficult to have a good feeling of self-worth if you don't feel that in your heart that's one of the problems these are sort of the issues that we're discussing on men's radio station because men don't really like to talk about that they're embarrassed i get that of course they are because it's instilled for generations you don't talk about that stuff and i suppose kind of coming back to the station as well um just to hear a bit more about, um, obviously you initially started on or with a, a space or a slot on the women's radio station, like how that came to to be in terms of actually including men within their um, station to some extent and, and your role in that. Uh, well, the women's radio station, I just thought um, they, they, had a, <laughs> they had a meeting uh, sort of bored me and they said, oh, I think we need a male voice and everybody around the table. And I don't even know these people. I said, oh, get Russ. I went, really? Okay, thank you very much. That's very nice, sweet of you. So I said, all right, but I want to do it my way um, only because I felt like it. Yeah, and I mean, why not? Like, you know, why not? I said, what I'd like to do is an hour in-depth interview with interesting women. Women have really got something to say. So I got hold of uh, my mate Denise Welsh, who was just great actress and a campaigner, Carrie Grant, the vocal coach, and a brilliant, a brilliant campaigner, Nettie Baker, mm. the daughter of Ginger Baker, who's a fantastic raconteur and and writer, Carol Drinkwater, the actress and uh, author. People have done really, and Leslie Ann Jones, the um, biographer of Freddie Mercury and David Bowie. I mean, really interesting women. It was a, and it was in depth, you know, stuff that I really wanted to, to, to dig out. And that was fun. And then then we just, as I said, Howard and I just said, well, let's set up men's radio station. And in the format at the moment, it'll be me talking with, I got two, uh, I've got two engineers in the studio. So I'm going to bring them in because they're really interesting guys. I don't want just sitting there twiddling knobs and pressing buttons. And um, I've known them for a while and they're really good guys. And then you know, and and then the experts coming in, and then the phone calls. So that was kind of the genesis, or uh, the genesis of it all. I mean, it was nice of women's radio station to say, "Well, let's have a, a male voice," and um, it was fun. I really enjoyed those. I really enjoyed those interviews. It was. Uh, uh, I mean, I was really nervous because I, I I managed to get before all the media got hold of them. Uh, Julie Birchall, who's been one of my writing oh, idols oh. for years but uh, notoriously tricky in a studio situation and she came in with jane robbins who's a, a brilliant writer to discuss their play but i was really pleased because we got in before the bbc before anybody i was oh, wow. quite tick- i was quite tickled with that you know sort of um, yeah it was nice it's recognizing the successes as well as as you go along it's so easy to focus in on um sharing other people's stories but actually recognizing some of the stuff that you're doing as you go along as well is really important 
Like, do you know what? Oh, um, you were dismissive then, weren't you? No, I never think like that. It's really interesting. I never think like that because after we'd finished the first thing and then my, my, my partner, uh, she phoned me up and said, oh, you must be feeling pleased. I went, you know I'm never like that. I'm, I'm relieved it went well. I'm happy it went well. I'm happy for the team it went well. But I, I never, you know, even when I do my one-man shows, mm. I never come off stage going, yeah, look at me. I just like shrink back into the shadows it's it's a, it's a weird thing that i have and i just uh it's always how like that's just the way i am it's just mm. what makes me tick you know have i don't you... like it's like i never want it to be seen as showing off yeah i hate that i hate that i, I can't bear it when people come off stage and they're so lovely and full of themselves you just want to go oh, shut up <laughs> just shut up you know i treat it as a job and i love it and then the moment I'm off, I'm off. Yeah, you know once what I it's mean? done, it's done. Yeah. Once it's done, it's done. And when I'm off, I'm I'm totally off. I'm not one of those people who hangs around the bar hoping, you know, like Ricky Gervais when he was in extras towards the end of the second series, you know, and he wanted people to see him. And oh, all that. oh, it's me. It's me, guys. It's me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, are you having a laugh? <laughs> so that people would go, oh, my God, it's you from the telly. I mean, that's my idea of hell. I, I love being as anonymous as possible and then when i do my stuff that's absolutely fine but when it's finished it's finished and the, when the curtains close the curtains close that's it yeah I'm done. i think there's an element i guess of that in in regards to um wanting to be in a place to help host those conversations and encourage other people to talk because you want to sort of provide that space and then you step back don't you it's, mm. it's very much about Provi- yeah, providing that setting as you... Well, I just, as I said in my preamble when we kicked off the uh, men's yeah. radio station, I said, I'm, I'm the facilitator. This is not about me. This yeah. is your radio station. You take it. You help me and the team to take it where you want it to go, yeah. as opposed to me being dictatorial and saying, this is where we're going. Um, and I'm merely the facilitator to try and bring all the various disparate parts together, you know, yeah. It's got my name on the tin, but it doesn't mean that it's, it's not about me. It's about them, and it's about the issues. It is not about me at mm. all. Not That's not the idea. Yeah. I leave that to Chris Evans. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is so much about the the right people in the right places, I guess. <laughs> it is, you know. It, it, it is. It was the one thing Chris Evans could never forgive us about, because when I, I was on Capital Radio for 20 years, and we just killed him in the ratings. Didn't matter what he did, and he never beat us in the ratings. And it was an absolute thorn in his thorn in his side. And but it still makes me laugh. And I, I, actually, I, I met him only once. He was very nice to me. I've got to be honest with you. It wasn't what I was expecting. He was, he was actually really charming and quite quite different. Oh. But it was it was funny. You know, we enjoyed that a lot. <laughs> it's different characters as well i suppose in different settings and um uh, yeah i guess it's it's the role that you want to feel like you say for some people actually them being the i don't want to say the big i am but the big i am um it's their role um i guess it's self-placed in terms of deciding that but yeah, I, I suppose it's it's for some people that's right, and for other people, they do want um, something different. It kind of reminds me of um, had a conversation with uh, people in a workplace 
in October during Mental Health Awareness uh, Day or week. And um, in the morning, there had been a, a certain TV... Um, Personality? Yeah, certain TV personality that had spoken about... Um, I was thinking of a different P word. Um, <laughs> that had spoken about a uh, mental health. Shouldn't be called mental health. It should be called mental strength. And, mental um, strength. Yes. And it was something that I, I very much disagreed with. Um, yeah. And I, 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 my personal reaction to that is that then someone that has an illness is somehow... Uh, displaying a, a mental weakness. Precisely. But I was in this workplace, and um, it's a very uh, male-dominated uh, workplace, a very kind of traditional, stereotypical male workplace, and they actually yeah. really engaged with that term, um, and it allowed us to have some really interesting and positive conversations about um, what I call mental health, um, and their experiences, the fact that some people had been off work, some people had um, had suicide attempts, and they oh. engaged with this conversation so openly and honestly, because for whatever reason, um, they felt at ease with this term, um, and it really kind of changed my mind a little bit in terms of, actually, it's it's all personal, it's, it's my reaction, and maybe it is matched by a lot of people, that mental strength is not an appropriate term and it's not one that I would choose to use. But, like in that situation, actually if it engages people, what, what's what's my purpose? What do I want to achieve? I want to achieve the conversation. If we use a couple of words or phrases that are not particularly to my taste, does that really matter if they're helping to achieve that the purpose of the conversation? Um, and that was a real kind of a moment for me in going actually do you know what yeah if I'm leading the conversation I will not be using that phrase yeah but if someone that I want to talk to feels comfortable using that and in all honesty a, a group of people that would naturally not talk about that subject does it really matter um and it really kind of refocused me a little bit in terms of actually yeah we can have preferences but they are the personal preferences and the more we get the more people kind of get caught up on this is what should be acceptable for everyone. I just think, uh, no, that's it. That's what you've decided is acceptable for you. Um, and that's fine, but that doesn't have to be what everyone sticks to. Um, and that's what I kind the of is, Mike, the problem is now we've got to a stage where the pendulum has swung so far that you can lose your career over one phrase or a couple yeah. of words. And it's, raving mad it's ridiculous mm. it's utterly ridiculous and it's childish and it's stupid and eventually the pendulum will come back to a more sensible level i you know and and that's one of the reasons that men's radio station i think is really apt and of its time because again guys are saying this is a whole new uh landscape yeah we don't know how to deal with it Mm. We don't we don't want to get into trouble. We don't want to do the wrong thing. But what is the right thing? What's acceptable now? Yeah. And, you know, there's a, there's a huge chasm on this. There's no ifs or buts. There's a big, big chasm on this. I mean, our my engineer and producers are very young guys, very early 20s. So considerably younger than I am. 
and he says, well, dating's a nightmare. I said, well, why? You, just, you know, you're a young single guy, a nice-looking guy. You go mm. to a bar, blah, blah. He says, you can't do that. And I'm like, what? He said, well, you can't do that. You, 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 it's all done online. You can't go up to – I said, are you telling me you cannot walk up to somebody and say, hi, I'm – whatever his name is, yep. um, you know, chit, chat, chat, mail I buy you a baby shower, whatever, you know, whatever you're going to buy. Went, no, you can't do that. And I was just absolutely astounded. So it's uh, some of it's generational and some of it is this paradigm shift in what is and what is not acceptable. Yeah. You know? I think there's a big, like you're saying, that, that way that we judge things as well is, is dangerous, I think, in terms of um, sometimes I think we're also seeing people um, berated because they're trying to be involved in a conversation that they haven't been involved in before and they don't necessarily know what languages may be hurtful to some people. Um, we're judging people by the standards that we have today on something that they did last week or last year. Um, you see, that's, that's something that's so me dangerous. Mad. I'm with you. When people start saying, oh, those sitcoms, they're just gun, how did they all burn it, manning? I say that, yeah, you can't judge it with a 2019 hat on, yeah. you've got to judge it of when that stuff was coming out. Now, if you don't like it, that's absolutely fair enough, but it's not fair. You know, I mean, that's like looking at a Model T Ford and saying to Henry Ford, what a piece of garbage that is. Look at my car, I've got air conditioning, got this, yeah. got that and the other. Well, that's what they had then. So, you know, that's, that's, that's what we knew. Look, I, I always think of it now. If that makes any sense. Yeah, no. I, well, I think of it um, in regards to like the future. Um, so I'm more awkward than you. <laughs> I would be like, okay, so you want to judge someone based on what they did or said last year. Well, yes. say in 10 years' time, technology booms and um, we become more isolated than we are now. And actually, to physically touch somebody else is yeah. is illegal. You cannot physically touch someone else unless they give you some sort of permission well you're doing that every day you're breaking the law every day today you can't judge someone based on on a rule or a law or a situation that doesn't exist right now um and i think that's so it's, it's so, so dangerous it's so dangerous to that's such an interesting viewpoint and you're not that far off because about 50 years ago I wrote a conference script for a mm. uh, name the company a huge software company and the big cheese came over from California Silicon Valley to do this huge conference it was a massive affair right mm. and uh, I first met him in the loo so I'm just yakking to him in the loo as you do and uh, and then he had two people either a person either side of him and I said Ooh. to this guy I said um Forgive me, I said, but you're not going to get mugged here or something. It's a conference, you know. What, what's with the, what's with the kind of bodyguards? He says, I'm. I dare not brush into anybody. I don't want anybody to say, oh, that's harassment or you. Oh you've, my you've gosh! Me. And I said, mate, this is Britain. This is London. It's just not going to happen. Oh, you're so wow. used to. But because he was an immensely wealthy guy with mm. a huge. It wasn't Bill Gates, by the way, but at the time it was right up there. It's just with, not worth taking the risk. I'd rather. Yeah. Like he had these people permanently so that no one could say, Mr. X, 
walked past me and, and he brushed my knee or whatever it yeah. might be. I was absolutely stunned. Of course, by the evening he was dancing. He was having a whale of a. He was having a terrific time because, you know, things were loose and, and yeah. one was happy, and it was a great conference. So, but when you said it's really interesting, you said it's illegal now to you know yeah to touch anybody. You can't look back and say. I mean, for example, there was a, a brilliant scriptwriter who's died now called Vince Powell. Yeah. Uh, wrote a lot of Coronation Street and stuff like that. And he wrote a very controversial uh, sitcom called Love Thy Neighbour. I don't know if you've ever heard of I've it. I've heard of it, but I, I, oh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't right, know it. But right, I heard so it. The, the conceit of Love Thy Neighbour is that there's a black couple and there's a white couple. They live next door to each other. The white guy's an ignorant racist twerp. Yeah. And... The, the, the black couple are very elegant, very charming, and you're on their side because you know the black guy, because uh, he's right, and the white guy's an idiot, and the wife is long-suffering, putting up with this guy's stupidity. Mm. And, of course, people look at it now, and they go insane. But I once had lunch with him, because I was, as being a scriptwriter myself, I mm. managed to get hold of him, just the two of us had lunch. And he said, you've got to understand that I was pushing the boundaries then. People looked at it, you know, now, and they with disdain and turn their noses up at it. But at the time, I was trying to show the quite reverse, how stupid it is to be racist and so biased. And people didn't get that. They just thought it was a comedy. Yeah. Uh, and we were laughing at the, the black couple and on the side of the white couple. But the audience was completely the opposite. That was the whole point of the show. Yeah. And, you know, again, you look back on it now and you kind of go, oh, God, I can't watch this. Yeah. But time it was making it was making a point at the time mm. you could do it now neither would you want to i don't think a lot of little britain you could do now no with uh, david walliams and and uh oh come on Russell. uh matt lucas matt lucas who yeah. I, I can't bear david walliams but matt lucas i'm a huge matt lucas fan you couldn't do a lot of, a lot of that and that feels like it was done six months ago yes yeah. but a lot of that stuff i don't know if you could do it's it not now. but again not that long ago. We're not talking no. about, I mean, I don't know, it's not 10 years ago. No, I don't. Well, to my mind, it feels like, like four months, but I know it's a long time. I know it's a few years, yeah. but it's really, inter it's really interesting. And then, but you know, would the world stop turning if it came back? Really? Would it? You know, it's, it's just, uh, you know, people love carry on films. You couldn't find anything less politically correct oh, no. than a carry-on film. Uh, are they, uh, you know, a, a 90 minutes of pure evil? No, they're not. Of course they're not. Like you no, said, it's, I think it, we, get too, we get too hung up on the... We sweat the small stuff, and it's the big stuff yeah. that really matters yeah. that people won't talk about. And they talk about much smaller stuff because it's easier to talk about. Yeah, and it's easier to get by, I think, being ill-informed and not spending time to think or reflect on those things I can quite quickly say that offends me I don't like that but actually to really form an opinion to think about it to um, be involved in a real conversation with someone even if I'm even if I'm going to sit back and you're I don't know say you're going to tell me about a particularly difficult time in your life and I'm not going to say a word takes quite a lot to sit back and listen and hear that and reflect with that person and really engage in the conversation but it's, unfortunately there's still a lack of people that are prepared to do that that's absolutely right of course you've touched on something else um like 
John Cleese, he did a really good video and he said, I don't, you know, you're offended. I don't care you're offended. What do I care you're offended? I'm not interested. You know, you have a right to be offended, but so what? Get over it. It's kind of like, it's kind of like you didn't like what I said. Too bad. Too bad. Just, just get out. Look, if you say something blatantly horrible, then you have every right to be offended. But you can't be offended over every tiny, tiny little thing, you know? I think there's such... You just can't. And also, you've summed it up. You could say, well, I'm offended, I don't agree with that, but we can perhaps continue the conversation. Hmm. Unless the person's a raving fascist, in which case it's going to be a fairly short conversation. (laughs) The second which is going to be off. And that's going to be... (laughs) That's going to be the entire conversation, isn't it? But there is such a there's a wealth of people now that are speaking, that that are putting information um, out there, whether that's um, websites, online promotions, conversations that happen, um, online videos. There's so much content being produced. But if there's a particular person or a particular organization or publication that you don't like you don't engage with mm. um actually it's really easy to just go do you know what I'm, I'm not going to actively um follow or read or buy or pay for um that particular work precisely you know it's funny on a, on a much more simplistic level right people on Facebook, oh, I hate the X Factor. Well, I hate the X Factor, right? Mm. I hate it. They go raving off about it. I just go, well, why the hell do you watch it? Yeah. Don't watch it. You don't need to be part of it. If you hate it, or Britain's Got Talent, or whatever it might be, just don't watch it. Mm. Then you don't need to be upset. You don't need to be aggravated. Life's much easier. You don't, you know, it, there's no there's no law that says you have to watch something that you really don't like. Yeah. You know, it's not like the law is you got to pay tax, you got to have car insurance. Mm. That's the law. It does not say Saturday night you have to watch Ant and Deck. You don't want to, don't watch it. You know, no point in raving and ranting about it. Other people like it. So that's fair enough. Mm. You know, I, I don't understand that. And you're quite right. If you don't want to get furious, don't follow certain people on Twitter. You know, if it really upsets you, raises your blood pressure, the heck with it. Mm. Just don't, don't engage. I think that's- also it's worth... Um, as we've touched a couple of times on, I guess, Twitter, social media and particular personalities as well, it's like sometimes that is what they think, but sometimes it's also just to drive attention to themselves. Well, just, do you know what, if you don't want to support or promote that person, don't talk about them, don't use their name, don't read their stuff, don't share it. Um, You, to a lot, unless, like you say, unless there's something really clearly offensive or illegal or whatever that's happening do you know what Mm. just ignore it don't share that um because even by complaining you're actually spreading awareness of them of the thing that they're doing it's creating publicity it's only going to make them do whatever they're doing more and actually make them more well known you're you're yeah. i had a very interesting conversation with some of the staff at women's radio station mm. and i said i would like to get onto the my one hour interview i want to get katie hopkins mm-hmm. and my female producer on that show went absolutely mad at me i said i'm not going to work with her i said wait 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 wait, wait. Yeah. i didn't say i want her in so she can push her views yeah i'm not interested in that 
what I'm interested in is what makes this woman tick. Mm. How does she deal with having a skin, presumably like Kevlar second chance body armor, wrapped in the skin of a rhinoceros? Because, you know, she's reviled in many areas. Mm. I said, that's why I want her in. I'm not having her in the studio. I said, well, A, it's not your call. And B, and she probably wouldn't come anyway because <clears throat> she doesn't know me. But C, you, you've got the wrong end of the stick. I'm not, I'm not promoting her views. I'm interested to see what lies underneath, mm. how somebody becomes like that. That was my fascination. Mm. And if that was, and what you've just said, if that's a real person, well, that's someone playing the pantomime villain because that's, uh, that's the revenue stream. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like playing Abanaza and Aladdin. You get booed because that's your job. Yeah. That's what that's what you want. I think it's equally like you say, it's it's recognising there are times and places for those conversations. Like for me, I would go, actually, do you know what? I, I'm I wouldn't listen to that one. Um, because for me that would be like again, other personalities that actually do you know what? I've got to the stage where I don't care what makes that person like that. I wouldn't wanna share space with um, with what that person is bringing into the conversation. But that doesn't mean that I can't go, actually, do you know what? What you're talking about is really interesting. And maybe privately, I'd be like, Russ, like, what was that conversation like? like how did it yeah. go? What was it? Yeah, yeah. But that would be a private thing because I wouldn't want to share or promote that person. And again, it's recognising actually the, the way that you're approaching it and your, um, yeah, the, the sharing of that. If you're just going to go, do you know what? this person has said this and I want to complain about it, all you're doing is drawing attention to the same thing that you're complaining about. If like you, you know, said, actually, no, we want to look into this person and we're going to really work out some different stuff. We're going to ask them questions that they've not been asked before. Mm. Maybe they won't answer them. We can't control that. But we're going to ask them stuff that we want to know. Um, mm. And that's got its its role to but play. I, you see, I'm with you. I, work, I do work on another radio station which will remain nameless and there's a presenter on that that I absolutely loathe. I loathe everything this presenter represents, everything they say. I, I can't bear them. Mm. And I've never met them. Never. Mm. And I fear the day when I'm walking up the stairs and this particular person is walking down the stairs because I don't <laughs> want to shake hands. I don't want to say hello. Yep. Uh, so like you, I would have a real problem. And yet when I speak to people who work with this person who will remain nameless, mm. um, I, I find myself saying, "What are they really like? Yeah. Are, they, are they really as revolting as they yes. as, as they come across?" Now that's just pure being nosy, but you know, there's a part of you as a human being you think, "Are they really like that? Yeah. Is it an act? Are they horrible? Do they hate people, certain segments of society as much as they seem to?" Yeah. Or you know, is am I just, purely judging based on a? personality a persona that they're playing rather than the actual person so that would be my view that would be my KG like mm. you have with KG Hawkins that would be my opinion with this person but you yeah. know I've been in this game a long time and it's very often the people you think are going to be awful and you meet them they're absolutely lovely yeah and they're charming and they're really nice and the people you think oh they're a sweetheart and you meet yeah. them they are monsters yeah I mean Everyone's absolute, good at right. playing you their role. Absolute, absolute monsters. Absolute monsters. And that's the surprise. Sorry mm. about that. No, that's okay. I mean, I have noticed that we're starting to kind of roll over 
past the longer period of time that I mentioned. Good God. <laughs> um, <laughs> surcharge this man immediately. I right. know. Surcharging him, surcharging him. Um, so I guess to kind of round off, um, obviously it's been really interesting to hear about uh, a range of different stuff um, from you. And I think, get, uh, I don't know what you feel, but actually a, a little bit of an insight into potentially some of the conversations um, that people might be able to hear on the men's radio station. I don't know if you want to kind of give uh, a little bit of information about if people want to find out more about the station or yourself. Right, bless you for that. That's really kind of you. Um, www.mensradiostation.com. No apostrophe or anything. It's www.mensradiostation.com. It's on 24 hours a day. Just go on that. Click on the Listen Live button, which is at the top right, and uh, from memory, and uh, there you go. You're away. We would love to get you involved. And no, you don't have to be a man to be involved. I had lady callers um, who were really upset with something that one of the experts said, (laughs) and her point was really very very valid. And the guy said, thank you, I hadn't realised that. Mm. And he hadn't. Um, It was about water consumption, as a matter of fact. so that's it. That's uh, that is. And if you want to get involved on the espresso bar, which is on Facebook, just look it up and just uh, look at the form. And I would love to have you on board with that. That would be great. It's a really interesting, really interesting community. Oh, that's ace. And it sounds really interesting in terms of actually covering a, a few different platforms. So depending on what people are more comfortable with as well, like we've said, it's so difficult, particularly for men. Um, to come forward and engage in conversations about uh, particularly mental health, but probably all aspects of health and a few other topics that you're covering as well. So just to make it as accessible as possible for people to to get involved with that conversation. Yes. Well, thank you for that. Awesome. No worries. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. I don't know where the time's gone. I know. I, I thought, oh, it must be about half an hour. I looked and it was like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> So I'm going to say thank you so much. I've really appreciated the opportunity to speak to you. It's been, it's been great. No worries. It's been good. Thank, um, thank you much. So I just want to say a huge thank you once again to all of you guys for continuing to listen to the podcast. And a big thank you to Russ for coming on, sharing his thoughts, his experiences and his knowledge as well. I look forward to seeing you seeing you talking to you uh, all again very very soon on the next episode of the mojo podcast until then please please do remember you're not alone out there i'll talk to you soon these are not real people they do have struggles and it starts to get on my nerves i just shut down so many people suffer from mental illness She's not a great match for me, and that's okay. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate Yeah, It's difficult dealing with our minds. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. I feel like a lot of the friends that I did have have sort of stopped speaking to me because of it. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. Not only did this help me to write it, Mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. And she was like, can you tell me a bit about what's going on? So I told her everything and her face dropped. 
You're not depressed. It's it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. I mean, this 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 shit is real and it's hard. It's exhausting. So many people think they're alone, and then you hear other people talk about it, and they think, oh, that's you know, that's so brave, or I could relate to that, um, and then they want to talk about it. <laughs>